Hello, I am Moira Watson, a lecturer in education in the School of Electronics, Electrical Engineering and Computer Science. International Women's Day, which is March the 8th, is a global day celebrating the social, economic, cultural and political achievements of women. IWD, as it's known, has been marked for well over a century, with the first IWD gathering in 1911, supported by over a million people. Today, IWD belongs to all groups collectively everywhere across the globe. To mark International Women's Day 2022 here at ECS, which is School of Electronics, Electrical Engineering and Computer Science, I've invited one of my colleagues, Dr. Bahara Ahmedariki, uh, in for a chat. Bahara, who joined us in April 2021 during lockdown, is also a lecture education. Bahara, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Maria, for inviting me uh, here today. Um, You've been here in Belfast about over 10 years now, I think. Do you sort of feel very much at home now? Oh, yes. Uh, actually, I arrived in Belfast uh, September 2010. And since then, yes, I like really enjoyed this uh, lovely city, like the culture, the people, they are very kind, very welcoming, very nice. Um, still, uh, I couldn't understand the weather yet yes. <laughs> because um, to be honest, in in around like you say in one hour you really can't see four seasons <laughs> i know that's true actually <laughs> yeah but in general yes i i really um love to be here thank especially, you especially i think in the last few weeks we've had some days where it's been like snow one minute and then the sun shining the next minute exactly and then rain <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah that was really uh, interesting to be honest <laughs> Um, the kind of uh, weather that very rarely you can see in any other parts of the world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you've you've been here for a good while here, but obviously you didn't come from here. Um, do you want to just walk me through a little bit your sort of where you've come from and how you've ended up in Belfast of all places? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sure. So um, I was born in Iran, um, and then actually when I like born, it was two things happening in my country at the same time. First, the revolution happened to my country, which actually changed many things. Um, and the other, um, the big event was unfortunately the war started between Iraq and Iran yeah. at that time, which took like eight years. Um, so you can understand that how much it was difficult for me as a kid, you know, to just, you know, grow up in that um, situation, yeah. although um, my parents really did their best to make sure that we have a normal childhood, uh, which actually just <laughs> uh, I just want to point it out that as someone who grew up during the war, I really wish for like all the kids around the world that they have a very peaceful childhood and, you know, they don't suffer from war or anything. Absolutely, because children are often the victims. Yes, of exactly. They really are, aren't they? Exactly. So, um, and then of course, I just, um, you know, um, get my undergrad uh, in my own country. Uh, and then um, after I finished my um, university, I was more like uh, into try something different. So mm -hmm. I really decided to uh, like kind of um, establish my own startup company. Oh, right. And then um, I actually, that was the part that I realized how much is it difficult to do this sort of things. But I'm talking about like many years ago, so yeah. <laughs> I would say that many things, them like many things started to get changed here or even around the world for women mm -hmm. in general. But that time was very difficult mm -hmm. uh, as the like 
like a recently graduated young female, um, like single female to just, you know, start the business. Um, and it was really tricky, but um, I really like um, put too much effort on that, you know, get the help from the very good friends and we actually build up our um, a startup company. Was this still in Iran at the time? Uh, yes, at yeah, that time, still, I was, yeah. yes. So it was like um, it, it one or two years after I graduated uh, from a school of um, computer science in my mm -hmm. own country. And then, um, yeah, so we, we had that startup, everything, you know, uh, went well. And then we had the better offer, so we sold out that company. And then um, I start, and that's like, like going through that challenge that, you know, I had as a CEO of that startup yeah. company as a female, I start to think that, okay, maybe in this stage, I need to see the world, to yeah. see what's the difference in a different culture. Um, and I actually learned that I need to learn even more. Yes. <laughs> so then I said, okay, the best option is, but I wasn't sure that if I like to go to another country mm -hmm. because, you know, um, I was like, um, I would say it's difficult for a young female to just uh, like um, go through such a big step, yeah. you know, and especially in our culture, we are really family oriented. Yeah. So um, thinking about that, okay, now I just want to completely leave my country, you know, going to another country that mm -hmm. I don't know anything about, about the culture, about the living, yeah. about anything. It was really big decision, but I made it. <laughs> so I went to um, North Cyprus. Okay. which is in, in Turkey. Yeah. So I, I went there to getting my master's degree, which okay. normally took like two years there. So I've been there and I remember when I arrived there, everything like was different for me and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it was kind of a um, cultural shock, but it wasn't that much a big shock yeah. because, you know, we still have very common culture, yeah. you know, in, in those areas. So um, that was good. So I get my uh, master's degree there. And because I was in top of my class, they actually give me the teaching association. So I just went to the class and uh, like I start taught some um, undergrad courses, mm -hmm. uh, which that was good. Uh, so you must have been starting to really establish yourself then yes. in North Cyprus by that stage. You know, you were starting to really find your feet. Exactly. And I really love that. I mean, the weather was nice. The food was nice. Yeah, <laughs> it would be. Yeah. yeah, because it was like a Mediterranean yeah. uh, weather. And the university actually was um, very nice because um, it was a very big campus. Mm -hmm. All the department and accommodation, they were in one place. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if it was four o'clock in the morning and I was saying that, okay, I'm not like feeling, you know, to sleep or something. I could go to my office and, you know, work. So mm -hmm. that was very like nice uh, place yeah. in, in that sense. Then um, after that, I said, okay, you know, I think I learned enough. <laughs> I come back to my country and, and I start the work. And at that time, I saw many of my friends that they started to go to another country for their PhDs. Um, and, you know, they, they just continue like uh, pursuing their higher education. Sure. And I started like uh, my supervisor at that time, he told me that like, Bahrain, are you sure, he, you know, mm -hmm. I can see that potential in you, why you are not applying for a PhD? And at the, on that time, I wasn't into PhD, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so 
I will think about it. And then I went to my country and I said, OK, I just sent my application to two or three university. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see what happened. And um, I said, OK, I will send it to UK because I mm-hmm. kind of like the, you know, the UK in general. I said, OK, I will send it to um, three universities. One of them was Queens, you know, in Belfast, one of them was in Swansea. And one of them, I think it was the Surrey, if I'm not wrong, the mm-hmm. University of Surrey. So I just sent three applications. And between these three, Queens was the first one who Yay! replied. <laughs> We're delighted, by the way. <laughs> We're delighted you. we got in there. <laughs> Thank you so much. So yes, um, I accept the offer immediately. And this is how my journey started. And I came to UK in 2010 as a, a PhD student. Uh, in so, computer science. Yeah, because I'm just thinking it's really interesting there. Actually, you hadn't thought of a PhD at all, but it was somebody sort of tapping you in the shoulder a bit and saying, would you not think about doing that? And that's so, so important. And that's something that I keep thinking about all the time. It's like having that mentor, which is effectively that, that role that was played there was having somebody there to sort of say, to see talent, see, um, you know, possibilities there and just say, look, well, why don't you think about this? Because I think most of us don't think we live within our little own confines in a way, you know, and we don't think beyond it unless somebody points it out to us. So that's really interesting, actually. Yes, it is, to be honest. And to be completely fair with you, what I learned in my life that having a mentor is really key thing. Absolutely. In, in your, you know, further success. And this is actually what I have done since I came to Queen's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that I, now I just have a very, very like, um, perfect, I would say, mentor at the moment. So I'm, I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah, no, it really makes a big difference. And sometimes you can have actually different mentors because people, different people see different opportunities as exactly. well, don't they? And that can be really helpful. And it was something I was talking about actually last week. I was talking a lot about this um, Nicole Bryan from Top. She talks a lot about ladder mentors and it's having somebody just a little bit ahead of you who can reach down, but not necessarily the mentor that's at the top of the stack may not making a lot of sense to you. So if somebody, a professor had come to you and said, do you not want to be a professor one day? You'd probably <laughs> said, no way, you know, which you might end up being a professor, but you know, you need somebody to sort of say, well, what about your next step? And, and sort of lead you along. So, I mean, going back to, because this is really interesting in terms of different cultures as well. So in Northern Ireland, we have a real problem recruiting girls into science subjects, particularly computer science. And, um, and I'm just wondering, I have read some stats around sort of Middle East and some countries like Far East and India and places like that, and they seem to have a better gender balance at undergrad. Would you say that was the case when you were in Iran? Or Yes, uh, I would say that maybe one of the reasons that there, uh, for example, uh, on that time, I remember it was like up to 70 percent of the undergrad gender was female in my country. Uh, when right. I, and the reason maybe I, I think maybe the one of the reason was um, because as a girl, we understand that we need to work harder and we prove ourselves. Yeah, you know, um, this is one of the things, for example, here, I don't see that much that the girls need to prove themselves. You know what yeah. I mean? In, in um, Mostly in the Western country, yeah. but in my country, the girls now, if they want like the better life, mm-hmm. if they want to be independent, mm-hmm. if they want to have a, like a good salary in, in a safe place, they need to really work hard. They, they need to like put effort on their education, and uh, maybe that that's that's that like um, mm-hmm. 
the main reason, to be honest, for example, in my country, for most of the, you know, the female that, you know, they really um, and yet that kind of goes against some people's stereotype where they yes. would think if a woman in the Middle East, you wouldn't have any investment in your education and so on and so forth. But actual fact, it's quite the reverse at this stage anyway, you know. Exactly. You know, when you put someone under that, you know, just give them a hard time, let's say they just sometimes make those, you know, people more stronger. Yeah. So in my cases, when I grow up, I saw that, OK, there was like, very simple things that I said, okay, why as a girl I cannot do that, but for example, the guy can do this. Yeah. So in to kind of overcome those um limitations, yeah. I we thought okay, I should be like the best of myself. Yeah. So I know that for example, many female in my country that they go to the university just to make sure that you know they have kind of um establish themselves in a society yeah so when they know that okay you've been in that university you have this degree uh, so of course there is more job opportunity for you you know they will respect you mm -hmm. even more i would say um i'm not saying that that's the you know best i mean it shouldn't be like that of course but um, maybe that's the reason like the woman yeah. in the middle east they try really i would say even harder <laughs> Uh, you know, to just yeah. uh, achieve some of um, the goals that, you know, they have. And I guess as well, it's one thing that kind of feeds itself and that if you have lots of girls going and getting this sort of higher level education, then that helps other girls coming behind and they see it as an opportunity. So I think, you know, we do have to work harder quite often to prove ourselves, as you say, but maybe maybe in our culture, it just feels too out of reach sometimes. And maybe, you know, if, if there were more people there, if we could see more people just ahead of us, that would encourage us to, to go forward as well. That's kind of an interesting thought, isn't it? To see that sort of cultural differences. Having said that, now I, I do know there's some of the countries and I, I was watching a, a podcast or listening to a podcast the other day about India and they were saying they have a very leaky pipeline. So they'll have all these female graduates, but then they just start disappearing and they start their jobs. They don't seem to do as well in their careers. It almost seems to be they sort of drop out of careers very quickly. So they'll have really high percentage of young women with great qualifications, um, but then they don't seem to be transferring that into the same careers that the men are. Um, and I don't know, is that, do you think that's the same in Iran or are the women doing generally as well? Well, uh, the problem, for example, in my country is because of the economical problem that yeah. we have, because we went through, you know, different sanctions, so it just mm -hmm. really affect our uh, economic. Sometimes it would be difficult, for example, for a person who, let's say, um, been graduate in the specific field mm -hmm. to get the job exactly in the field with, you okay. know, she been graduated. That would be one of the cases, maybe. So because if it's not your um, exactly the job based yeah. on your knowledge, you, you cannot yeah. be that much successful. And that's true. However, um, in most cases, I would say in my country, women are really into like reaching to the top. Okay. This is really, again, it's come from that limitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just want to show that, that okay, this is not, if this is, let's say, um, this is the way that, some people mind are said that the mm -hmm. woman level is this. Mm -hmm. We want to show that one. This is belong to centuries ago. Yes. <laughs> we should be on the top. 
So that's why um, I so there's a really strong drive then yes. for women to do well. That's really interesting. So um, so in a way, I was looking back there, um, Baharak had just you know from when you were younger and did your undergrad and all your excitement of startups and everything that's really exciting. Um, and then coming here, so you arrived in Queens and you did your PhD. Obviously, that must have been still you know you'd obviously you'd spread your wings a little bit and you'd gone to North Cyprus and. Uh, I always think, you know, the more you kind of experience the world, you more the, you kind of your eyes get opened and you want to experience more. So you land in Belfast. How, how difficult was that then, you know, in terms of culture, in terms of settling in or whatever in Belfast? Because that must have been quite challenging. Yes, to be honest, it was. Uh, it was a quite like cultural shock for me. Um, when I arrived here, first of all, the weather was different, the way that everything like we done was different. Yeah. Uh, um, like very simple example, I remember that a few weeks after I arrived, I was a bit like, you know, I feel a bit unwell. So I said, okay, because in my country, mm -hmm. when you are unwell, um, you can just go to the, you know, the doctor office and then like five, 10 minutes, you know, you will go, they just let you in and then you know everything goes fine. Here, when I called, for example, the health center, you know, to, to just get the mm -hmm. appointment, they told me that, for example, okay, you have, we will see you in two weeks time. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not in the hotel. <laughs> I'm ill now. Exactly. So, <laughs> I someone now. I mean, that was really like the cultural shock, you know, I was yeah. like, oh, okay, that, that's, a, you know, this completely different way. Mm -hmm. Or again, for example, in my country or even in, in when I was in Cyprus, when I went to open a bank account, you are saying that, you know, hi, I came to, you know, open a bank account, just like, please have a seat. Few minutes later, everything is done. When I went there, you know, here they were said, "Okay, do you have an appointment?" And I was like, "For what?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just walk in. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, this very yeah. small step it can be a bit like confusing. Or, Absolutely, uh, I'm still confused <laughs> by that. Why you need two weeks sometimes? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's very different in that sense. And then, for example, in terms of um, being. But it is not um, only the international problem, but finding a house or renting a house is very challenging here in Belfast um, for everybody. But it is even more challenging, for example, for me on that time as a student, because here when you went to like rent a place, um, you need to put your application, you need someone to actually kind of sign something for you that, you know, they you know, kind of support you. and. I was I came here completely alone. I didn't know anybody, so basically I have no support. So just imagine how much it can be difficult for a student, you know, to came from completely different culture, Absolutely. different country, and then they couldn't even find a place, you know, a roof just, over their head effectively. So did you not get like an international student accommodation or is, or is there no accommodation? No, it was accommodation for a first year. Oh, but then, then after, after that, that, they will ask you, you to find something. And most of the students want to do that. But again, mm -hmm. the problem, you know, will be a start because, you know, we have a different culture. So we may be looking for a different set of houses. Sure. For example, um, in here or maybe in other countries, it's very common that, for example, you just rent a room and then you can share the bathroom and everything. Mm -hmm. In our culture, it is not acceptable yeah. so you normally get the like insult so mm -hmm. everything should be like to you or you just share it with another person there's okay. only two like yeah you know person in a house 
So that was a bit difficult. Yeah, that would be. And especially if you are female, you feel a bit like a bit uncomfortable to even share that everything, you know, when you are in, in a, let's mm -hmm. say, um, let's say in a house with like, um, with, with a male even roommate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is the problem that, you know, it just yeah. put like kind of limited your options, you yeah. know. So that was another uh, problem that um, it was a bit tricky. <laughs> yeah. um, and did you, how did you find accommodation? I mean, was there a, was there a board and a student union or something? Or is there somewhere where you could go and find someone else, a potential housemate? Or I mean, how did you go about doing that? Well, uh, I, I kind of uh, been lucky because I found a very nice lady uh, who um, actually she has a house for renting. Okay. And in, in her place, it was uh, like few room to share, but one of those rooms was like a small apartment in a big house ah, okay. so I actually ran that one so I had my own privacy but you know I just um, you know shared the facility like no I mean in terms of the electricity and the, mm -hmm. you know everything you know with the rest but I have everything you know for mm -hmm. myself that was like really um, you know I, I would say I wasn't lucky at that time yeah. to find that a specific place but again yes um, you have option to meet, you know, people from different culture and, you know, I would say um, because when I came to Queens, uh, I become a part of the member of International Student Society yeah. and then a year after I become the president of International Oh, very good. <laughs> so I really try to help like people to know each other, uh, like not only the international people from a local to come mm -hmm. and talk. So we had like a game night and movie night, like um, two events per month, mm -hmm. and you know to just you it know. Sounds really good actually, just to have that opportunity to meet other people and you know you talk about networking, but it's actually just having that support group a bit. Exactly, just knowing somebody else and having a friendly face. Exactly, and then again, it was much more difficult because, for example, um, if person A looking for a house mm. from different country and the person B looking for a house from different country, sometimes when they sit, you know, with each other to talk about that, then they couldn't get the agreement, <laughs> you know, to just go yeah. for a house, you know, the amount of, you know, price they want to pay, it would be different. The culture, as I said, it yeah. would be even different, you know, difficult. So yeah. it's really like tricky and just so add those plus that you are female. <laughs> I know. And for example, if you are alone, yeah. then it would be really, really challenging. But you know, th that was um, good experience. But I mean, uh, as, um, as far as I know now, uh, Queens really try to, uh, for example, if the person comes from person, um, country A, university try to find some staff that they are from that country to just link them together before they arrive. So they can help each other in terms of finding the place That's or, brilliant. you know, the some of things like, for example, opening a bank account, what is things, you know, yeah. look like or work in here. So I would say um, as international, I always get enough support from Queens. Yeah. Um, you know, um, if when I was, a, when I, now that I'm a staff, you know, the staff at Queens International staff, staff Office, yeah. When I was a student, you know, the, the Students Guidance Center, the International um, Student Support at Queen, they were really helpful on that. So uh, we always can go there, like if it was 
issue or something, we just could, you know, freely just, you know, um, raise that issue with yeah. them and, and they were really supportive. So I just want to say really thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really good to know. And I mean, there's always, I'm sure there are things that we could still probably do better. And um, it's always really good if somebody comes up with suggestions because, it's, you know, you can't know what it's like being in someone else's shoes unless yeah. you're in their <laughs> shoes, you know, or you talk and listen a lot as well. So um, I think it's really useful from that perspective. But uh, I mean, there's certainly challenges, Bahara, and I think, you know, you have to be brave and courageous to do what you <laughs> did. I mean, clearly, and as you say, maybe that was built into your DNA or into the culture that you came from, but certainly it's been really challenging for you. Um, but obviously we're delighted to have you. And and we, we should probably, just before we jump on, then obviously you were a student, PhD student, and then you've moved now into your lecturing now. Yes. How are you finding that in comparison to what you were doing before? Um, I would say this is more responsibility, Yeah. but um, at the same time, I kind of um, like, I would say I'm more excited and happy to help students because now when I talk with the specific students and I see that, for example, the specific potential in them, yes. I'm just started to, I put myself under position and I, you know, I start to kind of encourage them to, yeah. you know, to just do different things. And I would say I love that. Yeah. <laughs> It's really, I mean, it's, it can be really rewarding, can't it? Yes. You know, when you yes. can see people suddenly getting things and understanding it, and then you can see them, the light, the light lighting up, and uh, you know, and it's just brilliant. And then they can almost go on the journey themselves and you sort of feel like I just got them up a step and now they can move on themselves. And I think that's just a really rewarding aspect of, of being able to do teaching, isn't it? Yes, it is. Definitely. Well, Baharat, this has been great. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming in for a chat and um, hopefully some students out there maybe who are thinking of coming to Belfast might think and, you know, that would be definitely worthwhile. Um, just it's good to know that there's support for students who come here and also staff for that matter as well, because we want, you know, lots more, especially women's staff, because we're a bit <laughs> short on the ground in, in the school as well. So. And um, just once again, many thanks. Just lovely to chat to you. Thank you so much again. And um, I, I hope that um, the, the young female out there, they just find the encouraged to come to the, you know, the field like engineering, computer science. Absolutely. Um, there are really good opportunity for them. We will have a very good support at Queen's especially. So mm -hmm. uh, I just really hope that, you know, uh, we, we could like pass that message. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think we'll get that message out. Thank you very okay, much. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Brilliant. You've been listening to the Triple ECS podcast. You can find us on our website, www.qub.ac.uk forward slash schools forward slash EEECS. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at QUBEEECS. Triple ECS, inventing tomorrow, today.